0: Your genitals are of no significance. Well, you don't have to be mean about it. Similarly, we don't have to be mean about what some filmmakers have done after being inspired by the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Allow the cast of Cthulhu to be your guide to the world of H.P. Lovecraft, inspirations from the superb to the truly cosmically horrific, or glorious. I am Jim Roner, And I'm James McCormick. And today we'll be talking about 2022's Glorious, written by Joshua Hill and Dave and Ian McKendry. And directed by Rebecca McKendry. And joining us to discuss, after a long delay, which you just realized was over a year and a half, Jessica Scott. Jessica, thank you for joining us. Yay!
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back.
0: We've been trying to get you back on for a while, tweeting at each other, like, hey, how about this movie? How about, yeah. <laughs> like, very publicly. And then it just, like, uh, but then we saw James and I had talked about doing Glorious. We saw that you were posting about it on Twitter that you were about to watch. It was like, oh, perfect.
1: Yeah, there you um, go.
0: And all we really knew about it was it was a guy in a rest stop talking to a glory hole voice by J.K. <laughs> which, which sold me. It's like, okay, right. you got me to want to watch. Exactly. It. <laughs> and, and that was, yeah, that was enough. So um, listeners, if you are somewhat new to the program, Jess is a friend of the show, joined us last time to talk about the beach, a now that I just realized it, another Shutter exclusive, as Glorious is. Mm-hmm. So apparently the unofficial policy for Jess joining is it has to be <laughs> a movie that you can only watch on Shutter. Exactly.
1: <laughs> that is my hard and fast rule. Um
0: so, um, yeah, but I, I guess, yeah, you know, what have you been up to between now and then? You're still doing the, the, the cosplay thing, which is awesome. I have to imagine there's some cool Halloween things coming up.
1: Yes, um, I have a, quite a few Halloween cosplay things in the works. I'm hoping to get a lot, like maybe six done between now and Halloween. Fingers okay. crossed. Um, I'm... Uh, I don't know. I, I can't remember everything I was doing last time because it's been so long. Um, I'm mm-hmm. still an editor at Film Cred, still writing at my site, com. I started writing for Slash Film. Yeah. Um, I've got a column coming up at Dread Central. So I've got some things happening.
0: <laughs> Jess is getting shit done. <laughs> here. Um, unlike James and I who aren't doing anything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah just, work, <laughs> just, just working but, bullshit jobs, you know. <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Um, but anyway, so um, I guess we can just kind of get right into it. Glorious is—it's um, an intriguing little picture. Um, I was—I was telling James before we started recording that I—I uh, I gotta be honest—that in between watching and recording this episode, I kind of forgot that I watched it. So that <laughs> could might maybe might inform my uh, opinion of it. But, or at least what, what viewers should expect of my opinion of it, but Jess, um, let's start with you. What did you think of it? What led you to it? Um, cause this, this was something that, you know, Shutter is a great service. They forgot so many like awesome things that are exclusive to them, both in terms of it's the only place you can find it, but also like, you know, a Shutter original kind of thing, this being one of them. So what, a uh, what, it, when, or anything about Glorious, when did you hear about it? See about it? And what was like, ah. I got to
1: check out this one. I had been hearing about it for a while before I heard that Shudder picked it up, I think, because all I heard was Glory Hole Horror. And I was like, done. (laughs) I'm sold. (laughs) Um, Because I was like, I I can't think of a lot of Glory Hole Horror. I was like, I know there's um, Death Drop Gorgeous has a great Glory Hole scene. Um, Mm. But, you know, obviously that's a big selling point. And then when it hit Shudder... Um, I got a screener for it and watched it just before it premiered, mm. um, and then I think that's when you were like, "Hey, come talk to us about Glorious." Yeah. So, and then I rewatched it last night um, just to have it fresher in my mind. Um, mm. But that, honestly, it was just those three words: "glory hole horror," and I was sold. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I think that's um, that's probably James could probably say the exact same thing. That's exactly what drew him to it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, anything like that, like oh. And then, and then you know, it's funny. It's like, glory hole horror, and then it's like, oh wait, and and it's actually possibly Lovecraftian, also. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, like, and then it's like you try to put the two together. How? Did, how was that? And then you watch it, you go, okay, they somehow did it, you mm-hmm. know, in, in the weirdest roundabout way, and I think in a clever, a clever, fun way of something that is actually horrific concept of someone being trapped in a bathroom with an elder god an elder deity of some sort that doesn't even understand at first the the concept of a bathroom it's like oh this where i am like like and it's and it's jk simmons so it's like he's such a calm calming voice but then Mm -hmm. also horrifying when he just starts to like freak out you know when he's like Mm -hmm. wait you cannot look at me and Mm -hmm. i love that like i love you know jake you know jk simmons always I really think because because jk simmons you know i grew up with him in two shows it was both you know svu where he was the nice he was a nice guy in that and then you had oz where he was the most horrific (laughs) motherfucker ever and you're like wow this guy has a really big range and then it's since then he's you know i mean hell like everything he's done i'm like oh he he's an actor that i can say every time he's in something He's great, and now I can say even his voice is better yeah. in something mm-hmm. that makes makes it better than editing. And mm-hmm. he must have had a blast doing this. I can only imagine because just just talking about the weirdest shit, <laughs> he must like, "Okay, I'll do this. Okay, let me sit let me sit in a booth somewhere, and like maybe maybe they actually put a glory hole in the voice booth to kind of give him
0: like, <laughs> like like here get get into the character. Oh, okay, I will <laughs> method method voice acting. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's funny that you mentioned soothing, because that was not something that occurred to me until you mentioned, like, yeah, it, it really is, like, he's, not that he's non-confrontational, but there's just something which is sort of not intimidating, that sort of draw like, as the listener, or, or viewer, I should say, and also, you know, as Wes, you know, might be that voice that is, uh, you know, because who of us are inclined to, like Wes, uh, ignore voices in rest stop bathrooms? Like, we all are, um, yes. at least... I hope yeah. none of us are really.
2: <laughs> yeah I, 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 I've been in, the, in some really creepy rest stops in the middle of the night so yeah I would never be like oh I'm just gonna talk to this guy <laughs> I'm like out the door right away like goodbye <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: yeah I have I've heard uh, people in um, the Penn station bathrooms late at night and it's a little bit of a different story yeah but yeah <laughs> um, just to like just to have that voice or that presence which is one sort of like non not intimidating or, or not hostile and, and kind of inviting enough where it's like, okay, let me hear what this guy has to say to me. Um, and then, you know, to kind of start listening to the fact of like, it's weird because one, this guy seems to have no set, you know, guy has no sense of what a, a, a restroom is or why he is here. And two, he claims that he is a God that's hiding out from other gods. Like, oh, okay. Um, Cool. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, probably like two, three days of work for J.K. Simmons, probably an easy payday, you know, just sitting in a sound booth, kind of um, collecting his paycheck, but bringing in Gravitas to it, like you don't really get the sense that he's phoned this in at all, which is really kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what, what do you guys think of like, because the the other main player, obviously, um, Wes is played by Ryan Quanton, mm-hmm. who I primarily know from Um, you know, Dead Silence and uh, True Blood. That's where I first saw him for the very first time. He plays Jason Stackhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not super familiar with him from like other, really from other work. I'm not, you know, that familiar with his resume. But when you have a a concept like this, it's simple, but it's also kind of challenging because you need to carry all of it. Like you need to be a good actor because you have to, his arc is basically someone who is, at first we're not sure what his story is, then we're kind of sympathetic to him, and then of course at the end we realize like, oh no, this guy's a fucking scum, really. And so you have to be able to carry that entire um that entire arc, that range of emotion in that story. How do you how do you guys feel that he, he does
1: with it? I think he does a good job. Like I think I I like Ryan Quentin. I feel like he might have been a little flatter than I would have liked in Mm -hmm. terms of the journey that he went on. But I still think he did a good job. Like he he kept me engaged. I was not like checking my watch, even though it's like 80 minutes or something like it it would be really easy for this to be boring since it's essentially one man in a room talking Mm -hmm. to himself. Um, but you know, um, but I, he still kept me engaged. Like I thought like the blocking was good and the camera movement was good, but also he did a good job of like, um, like you said, kind of keeping the viewer on his side for most of the Mm runtime. Um, which again, like you said, is a big challenge when it's just you talking to a bathroom stall (laughs) for 80 minutes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I almost think that, maybe the acting choice of his is like what's intentional because you know ultimately you know he's a sociopath
1: you know mm-hmm. spoiler
2: alert you know we find out some some awful shit about him like actually really horrific stuff you're like oh oh yeah you know, yeah when it pops up you're like because like any any like typical horror film that has like a person usually it's a you know usually it's a guy that's like depressed you know it seems like his girlfriend broke up with him and he's pissed off because oh i love her but and he's calling her her phone you know so he leads you on even as the viewer we're, we're led on as oh man this guy he just went through a really bad breakup he's burning all the stuff and drinking it during your life and he's in the middle of nowhere and he doesn't care he breaks his phone so you're like okay Sky is just having a really tough breakup. And then even, even throughout while, you know, got, you know, like short, you know, for his name, you can't say, <laughs> um, unless you squeeze your tongue, which I kind of like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty fun. It was really fun. Yeah. And, but I love that. Like even, even he doesn't like, or they don't say it right away, like what he's done until the very, very mm-hmm. end. And, and I think that's also a very clever thing. Cause he easily said, Oh, you're, you know, you're a piece of shit, so that's why you're here. No, instead it's just, oh yes, it's fate. Like he it's almost like comical to him because, like, oh yes, you're here. Fate. Yes, that's what it is. Fate. That's why. Mm-hmm. It's like it because it didn't matter if he just went to the next rest stop 40 miles away. It would have been the same outcome. He would have always mm-hmm. found this spot and been stuck there. And then it makes sense why he was chosen. Because like got they don't deserve to live in a beautiful world they deserve just to die mm-hmm. or to mm-hmm. go back into that's real you know as a real plane and I kind of like really think that's a clever way to do it because they could have easily did the whole thing oh man you know because then you know what's funny about this film too is like the more I was watching it I'm like oh maybe he like accidentally you know killed her in my head I don't know why I thought that. I don't know why that came up. And then once you see the pictures, I'm like, oh, okay, no. He cheated on her. And then when you see the pictures, you're like, oh, these are like the last shots of women that he's murdered. They're like, oh, oh okay, you're a serial killer. Okay, yeah, you had a bad childhood. You're a piece of shit. So, mm-hmm. you, you, know, so you deserve everything. You actually deserve worse than what you've gotten, actually. You know? Right. You know, you're know, you not mm-hmm. a hero. And that's, again, what God says. No, you're not. You're going to be forgotten. <laughs> You never were.
1: And I love that. Yeah. Thing, you know? Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's, it's, that's a fun. really cool
0: line. It was, yeah, yeah for, for the intro, I, I normally try and pull the quote from like the IMDb quote section. That was the only one in the IMDb <laughs> that, quote That was a good quote, about, That is a funny quote, though. Yeah. Was, was about his insignificant <laughs> genitals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But but there that is, yeah, a great line, like near the very end when, you know, he thinks that he saved the universe and he's like, I'm going to be a hero and and God is like, you are, you are not a hero. Heroes are remembered. You will, you will not be remembered. And it's like, oh, that's a, that is a wonderful fate for, I mean, for us as a viewer, once we realize who he is, because like, you're sure, you know, death is one thing, but just, you know, the complete eradication of your memory and mention is like, that's another thing. Like if, you know, any, any Game of Thrones fans out there when Ramsey Bolton is killed and Sansa Base is like, you know, your name will be destroyed, your house will be destroyed. Like you will you will cease to exist even in memory. It's like, oof, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and and t- and hearing you both talk about it, like I I'm I don't necessarily know if I if I like the decision, but they made a decision to stick with it to uh, the both McKendry the director and and uh Quentin of like kind of making the tone a bit comedic to kind of accent early on or to fools into thinking like he's kind of pathetic. Yeah. Um, and then so we have that sort of imme- like immediate sense of, if not relation then sympathy for him, like, Oh, this poor guy, like he just can't catch a break. He's so like, he's so down on his luck. He's such like a, maybe a nerd. Um, you know, there's a couple like edits and cuts just you mentioned, like the staging, how they how they film it. And like there I, I forget what the cut is, but like there's there's a conversation they cut to him peeing um, and how it just sort of undercuts, um, the, you know, the, the, the gravity of the scene. Because like, oh, this guy, listen, he can't even take this thing seriously because he has to pee kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy's this guy's kind of pathetic. And then we have this turn at the end, like, no, 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 no. No, he's horrible. We should have not have felt bad for him whatsoever. And you kind of the humor is sort of revealed as a a not even a defense mechanism, but just an element of sort of this very toxic man. Um, and part of me wonders, I, I haven't done any research. I don't know what the development of this movie is like, but, you know, you have Joshua Hill and Dave McKendry, who are the credit writers, but there's a story by credit by a, by a, a guy named Todd Rigg. Mm-hmm. And part of me wonders could there have been, you know, once Rebecca McKendry signed on as director, could there have been another reveal that she or did she kind of step in and be like, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to change this around a bit. And Like this is not going to be a reveal of like, oh, this poor guy, but I'm going to make it instead this was a guy who deserved to be killed in a rest stop bathroom kind of a thing." We we really do in horror specifically uh there are, there are kind of a number of series of films that are that are dealing with this idea of specifically toxic masculinity and its effect on the world and on women even just this year i'm thinking of um men from alex garland and barbarian which is not a movie i want to spoil for anyone but absolutely <laughs> you should go check it out yeah um so i so i do wonder what like the just my brain kind of goes there like did it always look like this or was this something that she, that she brought to it which is just kind of something that i wonder about but.
1: yeah i'd be interested to know that too because it is it's such a an unexpected turn because you kind of get the feeling that there's something going on that you're not sure what it is but like you said he is so pathetic and they do use that humor like when God is you know talking about the origins of the universe and he's like hold on a second I have to pee and it keeps going <laughs> back and forth <laughs> and just you know him waking up drunk face down at the rest stop like it, the movie working really hard to make us pity this guy and then that shift. I would be really interested to find out who was responsible for that as well.
2: Well, what's interesting too is um, Todd Rigney, who's a story by. Um, he wrote the novel and was co-writer of the screenplay for the um, movie Found, about it's about a young kid who finds out that his older brother is a serial killer, and then wants oh. to learn how it is to be a serial killer, <laughs> and it's it's a dark it's and it's you know there's a, there's a little bit of funny stuff in it but it's really like a straight up like dark dark film and then he made like mm-hmm. a follow up called Headless but it, Rigney just got... it was just based on characters but so the serial you know serial killer thing and like the darkness i think is more on his side at least the story by um it would make sense um Mc, you know David Ian McHenry, um Rebecca's husband would make sense cuz you know they did you know, all the creatures are stirring, which is a great little horror comedy, like a Christmas horror comedy mm-hmm. that they made.
1: Mm-hmm. And like,
2: it would make sense that, you know, and plus, you know, she's, you know, been in the world of horror for years now, like just, just for podcasting and like helping with Fangoria and all this stuff. So it would make sense, you know, like the, the comedic part, I, I would, I would likely say it's probably a little bit on more on their side, just to kind of Maybe lighten the mood because who knows? Maybe the original story is just dark, just darkness, and then you're like, and sometimes you need a little laugh because you got to go. Well, the situation's so crazy, it it is laughable. Like like, come on, mm. this guy's trapped in a bathroom, and then, and of course, you know, every time you start to kind of laugh and you go, okay, this is crazy, then something really messed up happens. Like when, um, was uh, David, the the the. The, the guy that comes to like, check out the, the property, Gary, 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 C., yeah. Gary C. And then we see what happens to him. And it's just like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. okay. And like, yeah, like, and that's just a fraction of the power that God has just to, just to show less. This is serious. Like, like this is what I'm, I'm capable of doing. If my father finds me and I have mm-hmm. to basically destroy the universe. So who, you know, Jim, who do you think the father? You know, this, this, this God, this old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who, who, who do you think this is supposed to be? Well, or they never
0: mention amazing, You know what I mean?
2: That which I think is also clever. Like, remember, the names are not known. You know, it's like they're not spoken. Mm-hmm. They're not spoken at all.
0: Right. Yeah. Which, which, as a Lovecraft fan, I think is kind of funny because that all the names of the gods are just so weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like a uh, Yog Sothoth, like. like huh? I'm so what? Like, did you, <laughs> you sneeze? Like, God bless you. Yeah. But like, are you, are you okay? Like, they're they're all such weird kind of like. Oh yeah. The these are things that would, you know, if you typed them in in Google, like in Google search, like it's only them that you are getting results for. You're not getting like, oh, did you mean this city? And like, you know, <laughs> it's like, no, that's not what it is. Right. Um, it, but it's funny you ask that because actually the question I was going to ask of both of you is like, do we believe? that there was actually a God in there or was this all kind of the, you know, the going on inside of his head makes it too simplistic, but just this idea of a guy trapped inside his own fate and his own kind of shit that he has caused. Um, and and, you know, kind of, you know, uh, like him being trapped in this rest stop is, was not actually him being physically trapped so much as, um, a reckoning for him. But I, I wonder too, if that almost gives him too much credit as though like, you know, there's, there's part of him, which is aware of his own shittiness. So I wonder if that would almost kind of take away from the, the reveal. I mean, I guess, you know, if you want to look at it like that, you, you could, if,
2: cause of course he kind of mentions that she was the one, like she, she actually mm-hmm. loved me for who I was. And again, it's like, is that real? Is that like, are you being real right there? Like, did you actually not want to like ultimately kill her? But because she found your stuff, then you had to. And then you ran away. Mm Because it seems like he's never... from. But we don't know this character. We don't know him from Adam except for what his flashbacks... So if you want to believe that, maybe his flashbacks are all fake too. Like, you know, maybe this relationship never even occurred. Like, it's just all in his head. Like, to make himself feel better, that like, well, I had to. Like,
0: it's, you know, almost like it's her fault that I I killed her. Like, he... like like he's trying to justify something that he did which is unjust and of course
2: you know oh i'll do it for the memory of her and of course you think that's a beautiful thing but it's like so you want the memory of this woman that you killed makes which makes him even worse like that's actually really awful it's like you want this last oh the other women that i killed don't matter but she was she was the best one. But this yeah what mm-hmm. like you're, you're a yeah. piece of shit i'm <laughs> glad you know like no i i think it really was uh a deity that comedically was you know in a glory hole you know like i think that's funnier i think that's actually better and and you know of course you say the voice of his head but like i think it's if he just woke up and it was nothing then we could say that but i think because simmons voice yeah. is still in his head yeah. at the end and and basically tells him no You're nothing. Goodbye. I think that's kind of telling the audience, no, this really happened. And, you know, somehow it saved the universe for the time being at least. But fuck him. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Which is Lovecraft. Yeah, I agree. You know, which is Lovecraft. It didn't matter what what, Mm -hmm. what he did. He still got killed and, and messed up and... He's never yep. gonna be thought about again. It? It. Yeah, that's it. He's just—they're gonna find his body and they go, "Oh, oh, he's a serial killer that we've been trying to find for years." Awesome. I guess he killed himself. <laughs> that's what it's gonna look like. He stabbed himself with a with a broken shot glass. glass. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I that's that's one of the things I love most about this movie. It's like, at every turn, it's telling us how meaningless he is like how insignificant he is how much he does not matter like even like the comedic parts are telling us that the serious parts are telling us that the reveal tells us that like it's just it's like fate and chance at the same time in this perfect combination of just saying you're a piece of shit who does not matter i love that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i guess thinking about it um, a little bit more like if it, if it was kind of all in his head, it it would, it would, it it takes away wish fulfillment in a way. I mean, like, you know, um, I, I don't, maybe I'm, I'm assigning too much, um, intention behind it, but especially these days when true crime stuff is real. Netflix every week is like, here's another mini series about a serial killer, real Mm -hmm. or imagined kind of a thing. Um, Ryan Murphy, assuming we all want a Jeffrey Dahmer series. (laughs) um, (laughs) There is this idea of like fascination with serial killers, and like so we do have a guy who is a serial killer who, in this universe, is not going to get a news story about him. Is not going to get a Netflix. Like he is, he's nothing. He is insignificant. He, mm-hmm. you know, he his, his on a cosmic scale, even on on, on a not cosmic scale, on, on a minute macro uh, or or micro scale. Like no, he doesn't. He doesn't matter at all. And. um, and, and, you know, in, in this day and age, too, when um I think we can all agree law enforcement is less than reliable when it comes to solving crime and especially um, violent crime against women. It's sort of like, well, what if in there was a world there was actually something outside of the physical forces that would, would step in and deliver justice for us? Um, the kind of justice that, like, let's be honest, we all we all kind of want to see sometimes like, you know, it, how how almost the humor kind of comes from the fact of like, well, if we think about the flip side, we're just like, this guy gets away with it. No, I don't like, I'd, I'd rather let, let's, let's laugh and have fun a, a little bit rather than, than sit in the darkness, which, you know, um, we've kind of already talked about, but um, yeah, I, I had another question I was going to segue into, but I've completely forgot what it was. This is um, <laughs> well, the result of, of, well, I was going to ask a question. Who do you, who do you think
2: the character Sharon is supposed to be? Because the woman that's outside just, Mm-hmm. Almost like waiting for him to kind of, in a weird
1: way. Leave. Yeah. And she sees the pink purple flower and she's like, okay, I know what that means. That yeah. yeah. I better. Oh, yeah. and, and helps
2: him get the candy bar, which I think it's the candy bar that gets him mm-hmm. sick. It's not the drink in the booze. I think yeah. it's the candy bar. Because it's the last one in this oh. machine. Who lo- who knows how long it's been in there for?
1: Exactly, the right. machine looks eighty years right. old. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: so, like, I, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, okay, so she's there to kind of keep it going. Like, okay, he's here. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks at his car and, like, kind of like, okay, let me help. This. Mm-hmm. Let me help this doofus out because it has to happen. You know, God had, you know, probably somehow, it's it's all, uh, you know, the prophecy. I guess you could call it. like some sort of prophecy that none of mm-hmm. us know about except for. A select few people or gods of sorts. And I kind of think that's a little clever way to do it too. It's like, oh, she's almost magical because, like, she just takes the quarter, puts it in, da-da-dee. oh, here it is. <laughs> Goodbye. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I think that's what, like, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to dig in, in Lovecraft or love crafting stories, like, a, um, you know, A person to lead into
0: like the worst you know what i mean well there there is there is kind of an equivalency in his fiction um with niallartha tep who is sort of like a uh not necessarily a a harbinger for the gods but certainly you know can appear as human and walk amongst humans Mm -hmm. and uh amazes them with his works of you know um what seemed to be magic or science kind of a thing but it but is ultimately sort of like is ultimately a human manifestation of these outer gods and so to to kind of look at that as like she could be that i also like the idea that just occurred to me of um since we never really get a, a a clear sense of who all these women are that he has um killed Maybe she's an amalgamation of all these women into like one who is kind of like Pied Pipering him into mm-hmm. this situation with, um, with God. Like, you know, she, not that she hangs out at that rest stop, but just she is going to appear wherever people like him are going to appear, right. basically.
1: I like that idea a lot. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that it, she's just kind of like the spirit of like, wronged women and i don't mean that in a trivial way not like oh a woman scorned but like murdered women or you know victimized women because she does have that like otherworldly aspect about her like she has this very knowing expression the way she carries herself the way she looks at everything like she's clearly there for him and i love that idea that she's just kind of like the spirit of like women who deserve vengeance
0: well, and because she carries like a real weight to her, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you kind of get the sense that she's, that she's tired, that she's worn down, but she also, she knows his story. Mm-hmm. So she knows that kind of like, yep, it's my time because my part of the story is done. Like, she doesn't seem like she's lived a happy life. No
1: no like you get the impression that like she is constantly on the road like i think she's like a trucker which makes sense but like it it seems like more than that like she's a nomad who doesn't have a home she's just kind of like on the road like meeting out vengeance to these shitty guys at rest (laughs) which which i i i thought it was funny like it it kind of um surprised me because as a woman myself when i travel alone i do not go to rest stops Mm -hmm. so i find it interesting that she was there to kind of like guide him in there and then after that it was only men there i mean obviously it's a really small cast but like my immediate reaction was like nope i do not go to rest stops as a woman you know um so i think it's very appropriate that she was the one there to lead him in
0: like i said it's simple but it's complex to, to film a movie all in one location like you can't just you know Um, just because you're doing it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be great. I mean, you know, you have a thing like *Glengarry Glenn Glen Ross, which like, well, that's a great movie, but just because you have a a movie that takes place in one location, you really have to step it up because there's only so many ways you can film the same Mm -hmm. thing, you know, the same sink, the same urinal, the same people. And it's really kind of, she really kind of did an admirable job. I got to say, now that I'm thinking about
1: it. Yeah. I think the, the, bathroom stall art is really clever like it looks like something that could conceivably be like if a guy is stuck in the bathroom for a long time someone could conceivably put that on there it's not unrealistic but at Mm. the same time it's this really unsettling approximation of what an elder god could look like with like the multiple heads and like kind of a tentacle thing going on and um like i think it's smart having that as a focal point and having the glory hole <laughs> with like all the different lighting and like sometimes things extend from it. And like it, they did a lot with very limited resources. Um, and, and they addressed early on, which is some,
0: which is like, I really appreciate they addressed early on that idea. Of if someone tells you don't look in here, of, of course, you're going <laughs> to try and look twice. in here. That's going to be in one a of row. the first thing. Yeah, let me look in the hole. Yeah. Uh, let me look above. And you're like, you're an idiot dude. Like
2: don't you <laughs> don't look. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because if, if if someone says that like, okay, well, of course that's what I'm gonna do. So I like the fact that they got that out of the way early of like he mm-hmm. tries, there are repercussions to it, and it's like don't try that again, kind of right. a thing. Yeah. Um and and the fact that it is we do eventually see what is behind the door, but the fact that for the most part of the movie we're just catching little glimpses and it's like, okay, I don't really want to see anymore. This is kind of disgusting enough, sort of a thing. Yeah. Um it, it it really they they play into that idea of sort of what your imagination can conjure up is going to be more effective than what we actually, what you can actually see. Cause at the end, cool. Yeah. It's sort of like this multi eyed gelatinous sort of thing, which we can kind of conceive of as a Lovecraftian creature, but also it's also kind of like, Oh, is that, is that what it looks like? Okay. Cause I, you know, I, whatever I played up in my head, which I don't even have a, a firm idea of what I played up in my head, but it was like, it wasn't that. And you know, we've, we've talked about this numerous yeah. times, on this show just that idea of um letting your imagination run wild with you and that's going to effectively disturb you and terrify you more than whatever a, a director can kind of be like here's this thing like okay, I guess yeah I mean to me
2: it, 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 it to me it looked like a cross between um what's his name the creature from from beyond and something from, and something oh, yeah. from the shunting you know what I mean like just bodies in society just like kind of intertwined and yeah don't get me wrong if i saw that thing in front of me i'd be horrified but again we talked about this on the last episode with the book club sometimes your imagination will always think of something worse than what Mm -hmm. because then you know and and the assumption is whoever the special effects people their imagination went as crazy as they could but we will, you know, it doesn't matter. We, we just thought like, what I, I, I couldn't even imagine. Cause it's something that, that is supposed to horrify you to the point of insanity. That's really what any of these Lovecraftian, you know, beings are supposed to do. You're supposed to, if you do wake up and you're still there, you'll have that big white streak in your hair. Like, like, Oh my God. I, like, like, mm-hmm. like if you've seen Pennywise, you know, a true form of a spider, yeah. you, you, you know, yeah, gray hair and you're
0: crazy. It's like, oh, okay, that's what happens. Cool. I wanna, I wanna spend a couple minutes talking about <clears throat> our dearly departed friend Gary, who showed up. Uh, we thought was maybe going to be midway through the movie was maybe going to be a rescue for our friend Wes, but ends up, <sighs> I think, literally exploding or being torn to pieces. His blood, um, all over the. What, what, what do we think, like? What was Gary supposed to do? Who what, Like, I mean, was, was it just supposed to emphasize like how this man is so shitty that even innocent people are left dead in his way? Because like we, you know, he, if I'm being cynical, it's like, oh, we just, we needed to break up the monotony of this one guy talking to a glory <laughs> hole. So we bring someone else in for right. a couple minutes, but then we ultimately have to kill him because we have to get back to the guy talking to a glory hole for for, you know, the rest of the movie.
1: I think it's both, honestly, like, I think it's, you know, we need, you know, literally some new blood in here just to break things up just for a minute, Um, but also to show what God is power or what is God is capable of and to underscore that Wes will hurt innocent people without thinking about it because he's warned, you know, there will be consequences. This will not end well. Um, Mm -hmm. This will not be. He is not your savior. You will not be rescued. Be well aware of that before you invite him in, and he still does it because he doesn't care about gary no. So I think it serves all those purposes, honestly.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I agree. It's he doesn't care because because by this point he knows God is more than what like you know he, he, it's not like oh it's just some crazy guy that's tweaking in the bathroom <laughs> thinking he's God a God. No, he knows he's seen <laughs> the power. He's this is even after he escapes through the vent and then just comes back through and he's back in the bathroom mm-hmm. which was a clever camera work where it's like oh he's in a different room no he's yeah. not that's the floor mm. you're like oh my god okay that's good so like yeah he just led this guy in because even got while he's weakened tells him like i'm um weak with the you know i have to stop you know this little mirage for now please let's get on with this and he's still like Help me, please. And it's like, yeah, you, you just don't care. You just basically wanted to put the blame on someone else so he could try to get away and have, you know, Gary take it. But like, I like God's like, no, no, yeah. Ga- Gary's just, he's a part of this now. He can't leave. But now you're going to see what the consequences are. And like, you only see glimpses of it. Yeah. And I kind of love the effect where you think it's over and then just the mist of blood. Like, it's like almost like a fire, like, you know, sprinkler is going off which is actually more horrific it's like where's all this blood coming from and then it's a, a beating heart you're like oh my god <laughs> holy shit you know and like an eyeball here a leg there which i which i do appreciate later on when he's trying to escape again he's
0: using gary's leg to hit the door <laughs> yeah. okay. that's pretty funny you're a dick but that's pretty funny the the poster for it if you haven't seen it i encourage you to uh, to google search it but like there's um there's a trend in big budget like um studio pictures where it's like there's the color scheme is sort of like uh, this orange and blue kind of um you know pairing with each other mm-hmm. and this one has this uh i guess it is a, a horror version of that where it's, it's kind of like a purple mm-hmm. and a pink um this one has it i believe you know um richard stanley's call out of space has it but like that seems to kind of be the go-to if you're like if we're dealing with something cosmic Mandy. we're gonna make Mandy it purple also, another nicholas um, cage Adding, Manny, adding, yeah, adding, yeah, yeah. Pink, um, yeah, you're right which i, I was i was thinking of that while we were watching it or while i was watching it because james you and i discussed this when we were doing uh juan vu's uh the color of space which is largely black and white except for the the color which is purple and i believe he said that like he made it purple because that kind of purple doesn't exist a lot in nature Mm -hmm. um so having that kind of color and that boldness of it is like there is something which is otherworldly about this because it is not natural to what we conceive of reality kind of thing which i thought was a really interesting decision
1: yeah i like that like so many cosmic things now lean more towards pink even you know the blob is pink you know like and like I've, there's an article I read a while. It's like the color pink doesn't exist. According to science, like pink <laughs> is a really weird color in terms of physics and light. And mm-hmm. like, I love that people have kind of landed on pink as the go-to because the pink glow emanating from God and, you know, Colorado space and other things that kind of pink purple spectrum, like it's, it's a weird color according, like literally (laughs) it's just, (laughs) it should not exist. And I I love that that has kind of settled as like, okay, this is the cosmic color because it's unnatural. It should not be here, but somehow it is.
0: And and there's something funny about that too, considering how for generations pink was a, "Quote unquote," a girl color, mm-hmm. um, and yet in instances like, is this? It's a, it's the color that destroys him, yeah. or, or you know, that brings about his downfall. It's like, oh, this, this, this girly color. There's kind of a recapturing of that. Like, no, no, no. Actually, uh, this is going to signal your downfall. Like, mm,
1: mm-hmm. sorry, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, and and I mean, if anyone's been paying attention to photos that have been coming from the James Webb Telescope, um, and just, and, and you know, obviously those colors don't exist in the void of space. Those pictures are touched up and colored because of sciency things, which I won't really get into right now, partially because I don't fully understand them. But <laughs> when you see photos of like nebula and that kind of stuff, those you are not seeing them as your eye would see, but they, you know, they are colored based on, you know, uh, the light spectrum, but it's just a lot of them are these colors like these. Yeah. They're, they're pinks and there's purples. And it's like these, Oh, yeah, you don't just see those going for a walk in the park kind of a thing. Like you see them in the depths of cosmic space. It's like, oh, there's something really cool and uh, really mysterious about that. I kind of love that. But.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't know if I have much else to say on Glorious. Once again, um, in real time, guys have kind of helped me open my eyes on this movie. I think I was a little bit too too harsh on it. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot there's a lot there which is awesome considering that it's just a guy in a bathroom talking to a God through a glory hole kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I love when movies have short run times, simple, you know, it might sound silly to say that talking to an elder God through a glory hole is simple, but a simple idea, simple execution. <laughs> but there's, like you said, there's a lot there. There's a lot there in terms of like, you know, our character who shows up for all of one or two minutes at the beginning as the harbinger sort of, and, um, there's a lot to talk about with Gary I, I I love again just the color theory of I like the idea I picked up on that too where it's like the pink is the the color of retribution for him as the girly color to avenge mm-hmm. these women um, so I I love that
0: I also I'm, I was just reminded of the joke too when he's about to cut a piece of oh, his yeah. liver out and he's about to do it it's like Wrong side. yeah <laughs> it's on the other side. yeah <laughs> Like this guy who is um, he's so inept, like even as a killer that he doesn't even know where the liver is. Like this guy's really fucking joke. Yeah,
1: and and the quote from the top of the episode where like he thinks he is destined to save the universe and he thinks his penis is what's going to do it. Like he's (laughs) he can't stop thinking. Like I I don't think it's established that there's sexual violence with the women he killed, but that's not a hard leap to make. Mm-hmm. um so he, again he's thinking of how powerful he is and how important he is and he's i do not give a fuck about your penis why would anybody care about your penis <laughs> i know <laughs> oh
0: man the 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 uh what should be the universal response to guys just sending unsolicited <laughs> dick pics like your genitals are of no significance
1: i'm stealing that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, but what, what a shitty, uh, what a shitty human being to like, um, not only assume that your genitals are the things which will save the universe, but also, uh, to cast yourself as a victim in a world in which you have murdered multiple people. Yes. Um, like it's, it's a level of delusion that in a way I kind of hope I can get to at some point if my (laughs) life goes bad enough that I can be like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm i'm the real victim here kind of a thing mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh, but yeah the the like i said the 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 horror genre especially with um <clears throat> especially with a lot of women women filmmakers these days are really coming around and kind of this this idea another one that occurred to me was watcher of just this idea of um you know retribution for women uh the men are just as they've been um broadcast and advertised uh and and so it's really it's really refreshing to see and and audiences are responding to it it has been um if you are on the horror twitter community like it's been kind of a banner year for horror um maybe not in terms of box office but like there's been some good stuff coming out
1: absolutely it's been such a good year like i feel like Mm -hmm. we're kind of um we're in a good period but 2022 especially feels like it's been really good Mm -hmm. um
0: but it's a shame too because like you really have to like you have to be tuned into to streaming services like Mm and you know I know not a lot of people have a shutter account. I have one, and I'm not I'm not you know as tuned into it as I probably should be. But there's 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 a lot of good stuff out there. Watcher is available on Shutter as well. So since it's an exclusive, then probably we have to get Jess back another year and a half to talk about Watcher. <laughs> just how, how the trend just seems to be going. But yeah. um, which leads me to kind of our our, our final uh you know our, our my final point of discussion. It is now late September. Halloween is just around the corner. Some of us have probably already started celebrating. I'm sure I myself have changed my Twitter avatar, and my handle, because like, listen, it's spooky season, summer is done. Good riddance. But what are we looking forward to? Movies, TV stuff, anything that's coming out um, for this Halloween season? What are we looking forward to?
1: Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to Guillermo del Toro's cabinet yeah. of curiosities. That's going to be on Netflix, oh, the anthology yeah, mm-hmm. series. That's really, yeah. I love anthology horror anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. and del toro like he's he might be the person i respect most when it comes to movie opinions like him and scorsese are like my you know guiding stars (laughs) for movies like (laughs) um but so i'm really excited about that um i'm excited to see so many um films being re-released in theaters like i have tickets to go see bride of frankenstein Mm -hmm. and the original halloween and um creature from the black lagoon like i have all these tickets in october for all these re-release movies that i'm excited about
0: yeah i think they're re-releasing copula's dracula oh. as well yeah
1: and dawn of the dead in 3d oh, wow. the original dawn of the dead the- yeah oh,
0: yeah wow geez yeah <laughs> that's that's a that's a trippy experience I... to see that in three dimensions. Right?
1: i'm so excited <laughs>
0: Oh man, to see that, that guy getting his blood pressure test um, as yeah. he's getting torn apart. Or, oh or the helicopter
2: scene when like the head just like, yeah, that'd be great. Yes. Oh yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be good. James, I mean, what,
2: what about you? A lot of similar stuff, but you know, weird enough, the, the thing I'm looking forward to in the next couple of weeks is, uh, funny enough on Disney, it's a Marvel thing, it's Werewolf by Night. Uh, Black, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
1: Night Black and Night,
0: oh, the yeah. horror is that- thing
2: that they made, and it's... One of my favorite weird characters from the 70s, Werewolf by Night, which Gail mm-hmm. Garcia Bernal. So that is
0: so, so that was, is based yeah, on a Marvel property? When
2: when it's comic cool. books were allowed to bring back horror, uh Marvel brought upon Tomb of Dracula, Werewolf by Night, The Living Mummy, I think, and that's when Blade came about. All these guys. That when went full frontal, mm-hmm. like horror, horror, horror comics. And Werewolf by Night was a weird character because he was a good guy, but you know, he turns into a werewolf and he causes mayhem. Kind of like the Hulk, but a werewolf version of the Hulk. But this looks like a fun... <laughs> almost looks like... A, weird enough to say this, um, an old film I love, The Beast Must Die, with uh, Peter Cushing. And it's a werewolf film where one okay. of them is a werewolf. You don't know which one it is. And it's like... It's almost like Agatha Christie. Which one is it? You know, like, you know. And then there were none. Mm-hmm. Which one is it? And supposedly in it there's there's a scene with man thing which is another weird character. marvel's Uh version of swamp thing who doesn't speak and just kind of wanders around the swamps of you know new orleans and uh kills people with its toxic touch so it's a weird weird thing but i never thought i I would see black and white horror (laughs) marvel thing so i'm kind of i'm kind of like and it's actually directed by the composer michael cicchino which is even weirder, yeah, yeah. Like oh. what? Yeah, so oh. I'm looking forward to that. That and plus black and white, you got me with that. Like if you get if you make something black and white now, you have my attention because that's horror in black and white is always like the mist when they did the black and white version. Hell, even Mad Max, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Fury Road, the Chrome Edition, black and Chrome Edition is amazing. So,
0: yeah, which I have it's, it's seen.
2: fun. It's a fun little edition, but. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. And again, like, any anything, just give me excuse. Even though I do it 365, more horror, just just an, an excuse oh, just sure. to talk about horror is always
0: fun. So, yeah. <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, I've I've got a few things. I've been making a list because the the baby is due in November. So I'm assuming the later we get into October, <laughs> the less I'll be doing things and just right. kind of like so. So forgive me for for rattling off a few things here. Obviously, top of the list because of uh, we're doing an episode on yes. it, the new Hellraiser uh, coming out in Hulu. Mm-hmm. Very curious to, to to see about that or to see uh, to to watch that one. Um, Halloween ends um, m- more of a curious <laughs> curiosity than like eagerness because I I know Jerry Smith friend of the show. Jerry Smith, huge fan of Halloween Kills. Um, I was not, but you know I. I gotta see how it ends obviously um morbidly curious about the uh the interview with the vampire tv show that's going to come out on amc um which uh has eric bogosian as the uh the the interviewer um law and orders uh um, eric bogosian talk radio Um,
2: eric bogosian you know
0: of course course. um and then another another few things here there's another vhs coming out on shutter um on 1020 vhs 99 Wendell and Wilde is a an animated thing on Netflix. Uh, Henry Selleck, who directed Coraline and Paranorman, is uh, the director of it, so I'm very uh, eager about that. With a voice by Keegan-Michael Key, who's always entertaining. And then um, this is weird, but The Curse of Bridge Hollow is another Netflix thing, but like a comedy family oriented one um, in which Damon Wayans and uh, she's the actress who plays the, the young sister on Stranger Things. Um, they move to a new town and she accidentally unleashes a uh a demon or an ancient um evil force and so they have to kind of reckon with that like it really kind of has kind of um hocus pocus vibes or like or at least kind of like the family friendly like suburban horror kind of thing like you know the kind of thing where you watch and like yeah we should really just you know drive up to salem or like a small town and just like enjoy you know halloween you know amongst like a small little tight-knit community which i love new york city but there is part of it's like whenever the holidays roll around, I kind of want to like escape to some small little community kind of thing. Um, and maybe that's just the future dad in me, which is like <laughs> yearns for a backyard and, you know, a, a house to decorate so that people can come trick or treating. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting weird in my old age. But, <laughs> uh, you know, um, it's, it's the same.
1: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that too. I was looking through like upcoming Netflix things. Um, like they've got a few spooky Kid-friendly things for Halloween, which I always enjoy, and I think that one's going to be good.
0: Mm-hmm. So lots of stuff, which is really cool. Like lots of stuff to look forward to. And um, you know what? I'll be honest. I'm basic. Um, I like I like pumpkin spice everything. Like, <laughs> I gotta I gotta be honest with it. You. you know, and if it brings you joy and you're not hurting someone else, like what's what's the harmony? You
1: know. Yeah.
0: But, yes. Anyway, Jess, thanks you so much for joining us again.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. I I will not stay away this long next time if you'll have me. <laughs> Well,
0: we we should cover it because we we got you on for summer. We've got you on for fall, so now we got to get you on for a spring movie and a winter movie. Event, there you I go, think. absolutely. So, Lovecraftian um, winter horror movies. There has to be some out there, I would think. I mean, the thing, but we did that one already. Right. Hmm. I don't know. We'll rack our brains. We'll <laughs> we'll get you back certainly. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, just for for the the. Old listeners who need to be reminded and the new listeners who are just getting acquainted with you where can they find your stuff where can they find more of you uh, online
1: um you can find me on twitter at we who walk here um i write for film cred daily grindhouse slash film we who walk here.com nightmarish conjurings lots of places um but i share my writing and my cosplay and everything else on twitter at we who walk here
0: and we are of course the cast of cthulhu you can find us on Twitter at cast cthulhu. Um, you can find all of our back episodes anywhere that you find your podcast, but we are also specifically on uh cast of Cthulhu.podbean.com. Um, you can email us at moviesofmadness@gmail.com at gmail.com. Um, and just, you know, give us a rating, drop us a line, let us know how you're doing, what you think of the show. Um, that'd be wonderful. I am Nolan Fixes Teeth on Twitter and James is wonka kills kids, of course. So um this is the final episode of September, which means we are heading into our last uh month of the year in October. As I said, baby's coming in November. So October, I'm going to go on a little bit of a hiatus just so I can get used to taking care of another person, um, which is kind of a strange thing, but um, still haven't nailed it down, but we're hoping that our next episode is going to be an interview with uh, Gwen and Brian, the uh, founders and the runners of the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, which is taking place in, um, I believe is it Portland, Oregon, um, taking place from October 7th through October 9th. So we're going to chat with them just kind of what they're looking forward to some highlights and also how they are um, adapting to being in person for the first time in a couple of years. So we'll see how that goes. And then we are going to wrap up with uh, October with um, Jerry Smith, who will be coming on to talk with us about the new Hellraiser from Hulu. He was supposed to join us for um, our Hellraiser episode, but unfortunately he lives in LA and he was stuck without air conditioning for a few months. So he was uh, busy dealing with that, which, you know, it's fall. We are out of the summer. Good riddance to you, you worst of all the seasons. Oh, um, <laughs> I actually to anyway, say yeah, we, should, we should congratulate Jerry also because he's uh,
2: scoring yeah. a new uh, mm-hmm. new film, Doctor Death from uh, Charles mm-hmm. Band. Of yeah. uh, you know, that's exciting. I, mean, I know he wanted to always do a band film, and now he's actually doing one.
0: I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, one. he was yeah he was hoping for such a long time putting himself out there because yeah. he wanted to score a feature, and he is now scoring a feature being produced by one of his uh his favorite producers of all time so that's like i good for him man you know of you know of all the people out there and all like he's been through so much shit so it's so good to see that some stuff is finally paying off for him it's so good um anyway jess thank you again this was an absolute delight um everyone please check out her work please check out her cosplay and please don't be a fucking creep um (laughs) because jess (laughs) is a wonderful person who does not deserve that so thank you (laughs) um Thanks again for listening, everyone. Uh, be sure to tune in next time. Where we'll be talking to Brian and Gwen Callahan from the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. But in the meantime, we'll be waiting and dreaming with Dead Cthulhu in his house in R'lyeh.